Welcome to Breathe Full, a podcast for those seeking to breathe fully and deep throughout their personal journey of life. A podcast for those hungry for a moment of peace, a long deep breath, a story of wisdom, a lesson to cherish, a nugget of delight, a place where broken hearts and tense minds come to rest. Today, I will breathe full. Hello, sweet, sweet friends, and thank you for being here with us at Breathe Full. I'm so glad that you are here. And I wanted to tell you about this book I'm reading, which I have mentioned before. I have been reading Krista Tippett's Becoming Wise, An Inquiry into the Mystery and Art of Living. Now I keep mentioning this book because it's been about two years of me going through this book and I have yet to finish it. And it's because it is full of so much meat that I just have to slowly read, chew on, process. Because she takes on some some brilliantly difficult scenarios in our life as our humans as our human minds and hearts work. She talks about words, she talks about the flesh, She talks about love, faith, wars, science. I mean, all of these things are covered from the front page all the way to the back. And it has has taken me two years to get to page 166. And I'm not even close to being finished. But this book is fascinating. And every single word draws you in challenges you to think, challenges you to walk away a different person every time you pick it up and put the book down. So today, I want to read a section to you guys um, from the faith section. And in this part of the book, you know, Krista is in her late 20s. She's living in England and she's struggling with faith. She's seen too much She's heard too much. She just can't swallow this whole idea of blind faith. But she's sitting there in England and she finds a book, the Anglican Book of Common Prayer. She opens it up and in it she finds these two lines that were penned by Thomas Cranmer for King Henry VIII. And these two lines are incredible. They're going to open up. They, for me, opened up the way I thought about my day. So he says in this book of prayer, we have done those things we ought not to have done. And we have left undone those things which we ought to have done. Krista goes on to reflect on this and she says, that this names the ordinary everyday failure to join inner aspiration with outer reality. A failure to take in beauty and let it put things in their place. A failure to be grateful as a habit. A failure to take the time to attend to the hurting stranger. A failure to be my best self with those I share life and work with. A failure to forgive others for not being their best selves with me. 
let that sink in for a minute. We have done those things we ought not to have done. And we have left undone those things which we ought to have done. I'd like to lead us through a meditation as we think about our time, our days. How do we spend our hours? How do we distribute our energy? How do we allocate our finances? Think for me for a moment, taking a deep breath in and exhaling. Now think with me about your day. You wake up. What is the first thing that you feel? What is the first thing you see as your eyelids start to slowly open? What is the first thing you do? Do you take a luxurious stretch? Do you rub the sleepy from your eyes? Do you wiggle your toes around on the carpet below as you stand? And where do you go next? What do you do? And then from there, what is your next activity? Making coffee, looking at your phone, checking email, maybe reading a book or the newspaper. How do you spend your mornings? How many hours make up your morning? Maybe your morning feels like it's just five minutes. Maybe your mornings are long and slow. What do you eat for breakfast? What is your personal grooming ritual? How much time do you spend getting ready, eating breakfast? And when does your morning turn into afternoon? When do you start to get hungry? And then what do you do to solve that craving? What do you think in the afternoon? What do you feel? As the clock ticks to two o'clock, where are you? What's surrounding you? Are you hot? Are you cold? Are you feeling frustrated or feeling free? And the clock ticks to three and four o'clock. What are you thinking now? Are you wishing? Are you anticipating? Are you fulfilled? Are you happy? And then as the clock ticks on and the day turns into dusk and evening, who are you with? What does your surroundings look like? When do you ask yourself, 
Do I feel good about this day? Do I feel good about what I've accomplished on this day? And as you start to prepare your body to rest again, what do you think about? Do you practice gratitude for everything that came across your plate this day? Or are you already anticipating the next? Inhale. And exhale. When I think of the things that we have done, that we ought not to have done, I think about the fights, the petty fights, about things that are like, you know, why do you always have to be right? Or, you know, I called you four times and you didn't pick up your cell phone. What is a cell phone for? All of the pettiness that we tend to fall into that irritation, that frustration. Sometimes we turn things into a really big deal. Like say we have a bruised banana at the grocery store and we want to speak with the manager. Or say we want to have a, a, a fight or a, a silent, a who can be the most silent contest with your coworker that you just don't want to speak with them. So you're just going to ignore them. You're just waiting for them to come to you. All of these things that we fall into where maybe we're making a project a bigger deal than it needs to be. Maybe we need to say it's not going to work. Scrap it. Start over. Maybe we are fighting over something that is just not going to lead us down a good path. Maybe we're worried obsessively about something that we shouldn't be worried about. We have done those things we ought not to have done. Maybe we spent too much money on something that just doesn't matter in the end. Maybe we passed up time to be with our loved ones because we were convinced that this job or that job or this requirement or this party was more important. We have done those things we ought not to have done hurt people's feelings, dismissed people, missed what was important, made the wrong laws, enforced the wrong rules. And we have left undone those things which we ought to have done. When you read a list of things that people think about on their deathbed, They don't think about money. They don't think about how big their house was or what their career was. They think about who they loved and how they loved and how often they loved. They think about the care they showed. They think about the times when they gave. From the bottom of their heart, they just gave with expecting nothing in return. They recall the memories that feel good. Not those memories of rushing and 
trying to get to this meeting or make this phone call or check this email or finish this project or make that deadline. No, they think about babies that are born, birthdays that are celebrated, marriages, random lunches with people you love. They think about puppy kisses. They think about hot chocolate on cold days next to your best friend. They think about all the things that they wanted to do at their core values. Like maybe they wanted to make a difference by helping increase the literacy rate somewhere. Or maybe they wanted to collect blankets for the homeless. Or maybe they wanted to sing in their choir at church every Sunday without fail. They think about those deep passions that fire them up, that keep them going, that drive them forward. And we have left undone those things which we ought to have done. So I ask you now, if you have a piece of paper or if you're in your car driving, it doesn't matter where you are, but to imagine a piece of paper and on one side of the piece of paper, we're going to write down the things we ought not to worry about, the things we, have, we ought not to have done. That's in the column one. And then in the second column, the things we have left undone that we ought to have done. And take a second to think, okay, what have I done that I ought not to have done. Maybe I hurt my best friend. Maybe I upset my parents. Maybe I skipped out paying a bill because I wanted to spend the money on something else. And then what have you left undone that you want to do? Hug your grandma. Write that thank you letter. Pay that bill. This is our life that we get to make up of moments and it's sewn together patch by patch by patch by patch. In the same book, a little bit further down, it says that the elements that give voice to the soul are silence and song, community and ritual, listening and compassionate presence. These things wake us up, which is the Buddhist language for spiritual illumination. These things wake us up. What wakes you up? What feels good? What feels like you suddenly have all of the momentum to achieve everything you've ever wanted to achieve? When I think of the things that wake me up, I think about my friends and family, spending time with them, how much I love just spending time with people that I love. They make me laugh. They encourage me. They make me angry sometimes, but that's just part of them challenging me. That group of people, my family and my friends, they're my foundation. They keep me going. And if I were to be sick on a hospital bed, 
Those would be the people that I want there with me, squeezing my hand, brushing my hair off of my sweaty forehead, and telling me that I'm loved and that I'm not alone. That's what wakes me up. A good book wakes me up that challenges my intellect and sends my mind in many different directions and gives me a new perspective. A good book with sentences that I can never forget. A good book can wake me up. Yoga. 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 It challenges my physical body. It challenges my lungs. It challenges my mind. And every day, it asks me to step half an inch further out of my comfort zone. Whether that is stretching a muscle half an inch further, whether it is breathing a little bit deeper, whether it is being a little bit more patient, yoga wakes me up. Laughter, humor, theater, dance, the arts, all of the arts. Challenging myself, all of these things wake me up. Putting myself in situations where I'm scared to death, all these things wake me up. All of these things are the things that I've added to the list of things that I ought to have done. And I make myself look at that list and say, am I doing them? Am I doing them at a large enough percentage of my day that I feel alive and awake? Think back to our meditation of our day, our distribution of hours. If you wanted to even make a chart and go hour by hour from the time you wake up to the time you go to sleep, and you have just two categories, Category being things that you have to do. And the other category being things that wake me up, that I love to do. And you can blend the categories if you need to, if that fits your day. And then see how much of your day, what percentage of your day are you spending doing the things we ought not to have done? And then what percentage of your day Are you doing the things you ought to have done? Don't leave those undone. Don't leave them out of your day. Don't leave them out of your spirit, out of your energy and what what you're trying to achieve. I go back to look at the elements that give the voice to the soul. Silence and song. Throughout history, singing has been one of those things that just brings the human spirit together and revels, celebrates, rejoices, worships. We all love a good song. It speaks to us on so many levels. Silence. How precious silence can be. Community. Who would we be without our family and our friends, without our neighbors? They're also there as a support system, a network, a fabric to keep us strong and going. Ritual. What are your rituals? 
Do you have something that you do every morning, like the New York Times crossword puzzle or the way that you make coffee or maybe two sugars and a little bit of cream in your tea or a three-mile run every morning or night? What are your rituals? What is sacred to you in your behaviors? Listening. Listening gives voice to the soul. Sitting down across from someone and really listening. Not listening to respond. Not listening to do anything. Not even shake your head. Just listening. And then the last one is compassionate presence. How can we have a compassionate presence throughout our entire day? From the moment we wake up, running through each hour as it ticks off. And then coming to the close at night. How can we have a compassionate presence? Both outwardly and inwardly. To me, that compassionate presence also means looking at back at that list, what we ought not to have done and what we've left undone that we ought to have done. Looking at that list and saying, I need to rearrange my day. I need to rearrange my priorities. I need to add in this ritual or change this behavior or stop this bad habit. I need to free up time for myself or for my family. I need to look at the percentage of my day and decide. Thank you for being here with me today, for taking this time. Let's keep the conversation going. Follow me on Instagram at Sheena Jeffers. That's S-H-E-E-N-A-J-E-F-F as in Frank E-R-S. And keep in touch with me. Let me know what helps you to breathe and what inspires you. For now, blessings. We'll talk soon.